That kid is back on the escalator again. Leave it alone. What? Comics. What are you? I'm Batman. TV and movies. Wrestling. And Music. We are just getting started. Finally, a podcast about things you actually care about. Hosted by a couple of guys who actually care about those things, too. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Maybe a little too much. Yes, that's awesome. The talented one, Chris Machete. That no-talent ass clown became famous. And Brenton, you know, that guy from your other favorite podcast. I liked it. I was good at it. So grab onto the handrail and don't let go. This is the Kids on the Escalator podcast. Here's CM and BD. Hello. show has begun. What's happening over there in Kingstone? Yeah, it's starting to get cold and get my rink in the backyard soon. I'm stoked. That's right. You're, you're putting a rink in. This is the raddest thing ever. We can't do that yeah. here in Vancouver. You can't do it in Vancouver, and I don't think you can do it in L.A., where Darren's from, and I'm pretty sure you can do it where Gary's from. But uh, putting a rink in? I don't know. I can't do it out here. That's pretty rad. I can. I'm excited. You get one of those targos things that you put down... It's like a tarp thing, but it's a nice ring thing, and you spray it up. Way you go, so you don't need snow. You just go. You, uh, how, what's your, what, what do you get out of that? Like a week, two okay. week rink? What do you get? Like a two week rink or a month? No, no, we're looking at no. See, that's if it just needs to be minus. And man, I tell you, we got minuses coming up. Starting oh, yeah. today, it's just going to be like minus four basically from here on out. So this uh, last week, we we uh, did a whole thing. We did a whole thing with we did a whole show about uh, underrated bands, mm-hmm. and Darren had this fancy idea about we should do it for everything, you know, mm-hmm. most underrated T-shirts, most underrated rock bands, most underrated this and underrated that. But uh, we thought we'd keep it with the theme here of um, some punk rock. Mm-hmm. You know, we know some punk rockers there in our life. Uh, we've toured with them uh, and had some fun with them. But um, so we thought we'd bring a bigger panel together this time yeah. with, an old, with an old friend. And Darren, of course is my old friend, but your new friend. And so new friends and old friends gathering together, welcoming back to the show, Darren Pfeiffer. What's happening, sir? Hey buddy. Two weeks, two weeks in a row. Thank you, man. Yay. Thank you. Make the gig representing Toronto. Look at that. And we Buffalo. Like that. Although I should and throw Buffalo. this in the garbage can today. I was going to mention, I was going to ask you about, uh, now Chris loves the football, but uh, I, was no, I don't say, know anything about football. I was, <laughs> was going to say, I was going to ask you if you're going to throw that in the can today, because uh, holy shit. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, I, I tell you, second year in a row, the Buffalo Bills bring the most exciting game of the season. One, you know, last year was in the playoffs, this year was regular season, but my phone blew up. People were like, oh my God, that, that was the most amazing game I've seen in my life holy shit oh my god and i'm like well yeah it wasn't that amazing for me um we had the game a couple of times we uh, we could have clearly won that game very handedly uh but we uh, we just kind of made one mental mistake after another and i'm filing it under say la vie and uh onward and upward speaking of shit performances uh, our next guest uh, Speaking of shit performances, has I'm, had I'm amazing performances in his band, but is also a fellow Canuck fan, myself, like myself, who's in number two. Uh, you know, I've got the, I was going to show him this 
fancy thing as I'm balancing two teams. I think you're allowed mm-hmm. to balance two teams. Oh, uh, but anyway, we had Canucks and Leafs uh, this past weekend in Toronto, and uh, no bigger Canucks fan than the guy that just joined us right now, hey, Gary. Gary Bagner. What's happening, buddy? Hola. Hey, guys. <laughs> Gary, you, of course, our old friend uh, from... Uh, Oh, man, Leftovers and Lame and now Elephant, just great stuff. Uh, meet Darren. I don't know if you've met before, but say hello and let's talk. Hey, some Darren. Punk, let's talk some punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> some punk rock and roll. I hate um, punk. You hate punk. I hate, I hate music in general. Chris, you know, I, I got sick of it. I, I don't know if you're being serious, but I, I actually, I've been sick of it for a while now and I just mm-hmm. started getting back into it. But man, I think it was over the COVID. I don't know. It was just... It was like, okay, I have to listen to music now. And I just got so sick of it. I, I did. I started listening to podcasts more. I wanted more information instead of music. Yeah, I don't know. No, nah, I was just kidding. I love music. Oh, wait, I, I, guess, I was actually sick of it. Yeah. I thought we were going to have a bonding music. moment over COVID, right? I listen to music every day. It's, it's kind of like a water for me or food. I have to have it. I'm of the same, but I know where Chris uh, is coming from. There, he's been in a creative space, so it's like I. You I just find I wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, else. I wasn't uh, doing anything for me anymore. I wasn't getting any creativity out of it. Wasn't uh, inspiring me. You know, I put it on. It wasn't really putting me in the right direction. Whereas I put on some information, learn about cool things about underneath the pyramids. I'm like, whoa, my brain's stimulated. Here I go. So it was just music wasn't stimulating my noggin for a while. It is again though. <laughs> Vinnie Vincent invasion. Don't know why. Threw it on. I was just like, oh, I remember this. we're talking underrated bands and we're talking all that kind of stuff right now so last week we did underrated bands and had all sorts of uh from one side to the next but now we got two punk guys on to talk some punk rock which uh i'll admittedly is not in my doesn't live in my wheelhouse per se so i'll let the table run on this one but um we have a top kind of a top five list there are you working at the same time tonight as the other night or you got a little uh, more time or how you do i got a little bit more time okay Great, because I saw Clerks three this weekend, and I also saw I also saw uh, the Black Adam. I'm curious what anyone thinks about that on here while we're doing it. Okay, so let's go kind of around the table between you two as uh, as your top fives. Um, uh, first and foremost, question would be more punk than metal for each one of you guys, or wh- where do you kind of live personally right now? Down the Just, middle. You're right down the middle. Generally, yeah. yeah, down the middle. But today was a little bit more punk rock because uh, you know you warmed me up to the category, so I I dove into some 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 bands I was listening to and and, and got into a I was in a punk rock mood today. I had to do the exact same. Thing. I was telling Brent before we started, like I haven't delved into my old stuff in so long, so I was like trying to think of like what was underrated when I was like getting into music and. I was like just flipping through stuff, just going like, oh, crap. And just online, just like looking at going through everything, just going like, crap. And it's like, there's just so much music. But at the same time, I'm also trying to finish a mix on an album. So I'm like listening to that and then coming back to something new. So I'm just like, yeah, this is awesome. That's cool. That's cool. The, uh, it doesn't help, though, when you're listening to like old 1970s or 80s albums when you're trying to do a new mix. Because it's like just like, you know, Mike in the center of the room and go. Yeah, it depends on the band, though. If you're mixing up a rock band or a punk band, that might give you some inspiration. If you're doing something poppy and glossy, then yeah, you're right. No. Yeah, it's kind of right down the middle right now. It's, it's angry. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm referring to it as uh, the uh, Halloween candy that your mom warned you about. It's got the razor blades in it, but it's really sweet. Love it. That's my favorite type. <laughs> Chris, did you start punk? You started metal, yeah. <laughs> Pardon me? Your world was a little bit more metal based. Oh, I discovered kind of Kiss when I was like 
six mm-hmm. six years old, and my parents actually bought me an eight track. So there's where mine started right there. Nice. Uh, it, was, it was funny because a lot of people mentioned. I, I've had, we've had other guests on, like, oh, I started with ABBA and I started with this and that. No, I just started off with Kiss. Basically, I, I you know, I, I, I was probably I talked them into again when I was six, I think. Then I got to see them when I was eight. But yeah, I started with Kiss, and then from there, it just heavier, 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 right? Until it got redonkulous. And it was just, and then, and then Kurt Cobain kind of, you know, killed it all with that crazy chord. And uh, wow. And then the whole world was open. And then that great um, independent scene that came through Canada uh, in the night, in the nineties the there was, was fantastic. And to be a part of that was great too. to see it. Come up. It was great. Yeah. I was metal going up, but I, it was, you know, in my, my, uh, my twenties when I really started uh, to really like punk rock. Slayer. And it's it's very it's not it's uh rare that they cross over. Gary, no. you're one of the only punk and metal you're guys right. that I know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I'm just saying from the standpoint of like who I first knew that was right. like kind of metal. splitting splitting the difference between the two of them. Because usually if you're a metal guy, any of the metal guys I knew hated the punk stuff. And any of the punk guys were like, I hate the the metal stuff and it was very interesting to kind of watch that so that's why this panel is interesting to me because we've got various levels of of things so um, okay let's go with like these are your versions of most underrated uh, uh, punk bands of all time but I want to kind of go between like Darren give me your five or number five and then Gary and then Gary give me your number five and we'll kind of do it that way Mm -hmm. and then weigh in I'll just kind of weigh in from the back before I go and start the list um, I just want to interject really quick and say I have a very strong metal background. I, In Buffalo, where I grew up, I was in a band called Beyond Death, and we were like Anthrax meets Metallica. It, it was pretty, pretty fucking metal. Metal as fuck. And then that band broke up, and I joined a hardcore band called Zero Tolerance and did a lot of New York City stuff, so... I have a lot of appreciation for the New York City hardcore scene, like mm-hmm. Sick of It All and Cro-Mags, Agnostic Front, Gorilla Biscuits, you know, Youth of Today, bands like that. Um, but the band that broke, Beyond Death broke up and reformed like a week later is Cannibal Corpse. No. Mm-hmm. Wow, and, very cool. Uh, so I wow. love the metal stuff. I stay in touch with those guys. I still listen to the metal. Uh, sometimes I'm in just that mood where I want to throw on something really fast and really aggressive. It could be anything from Metallica to Megadeth, like the classic stuff, Anthrax, or it could be, you know, Napalm Death or, 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 or something even gnarlier. Like there's a band that's very, has a very offensive name uh, and they're just noisy. And sometimes I like them. They're called anal cunt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and their song titles are hilarious. Like I, they have yeah. a song called "They have a song called I Sold Your Dog to a Chinese Food Restaurant." <laughs> yeah, they really push the envelope, huh? Yeah, they have a song called "Your Kid Died Because You Suck." <laughs> I mean, they, they're just the the worst. And uh, anyway, um, so yeah, metal for me is a, a, a big deal. I just love it. And um, and in Buffalo, at least, I don't know about Toronto or Kingston or Vancouver, but at least in Buffalo, the metalheads and the punk rockers got along. Everyone got along. There was never any fights. Um, there was when like white supremacists showed up and there was, yeah, you know, skulls were cracked. But um, but the metal guys loved like the Ramones and Sex Pistols and, and the punkers and the hardcore guys like Cannibal Corpse and Anthrax and stuff like that. So there was no... Um, there's no division, at least in. No, I, I didn't have any any animosity between uh, the metal group that I was with and, and punkers ever either, because I, I I remember when DRI had the crossover album that came out, and that was kind of like uh, 
uh, it was a five-year plan. Dun, 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 dun. And the whole album was just great, though. Um, Thrash Yard, you know, and that was kind of the, the, the schoolyard kind of came together with DRI in my circle, which was really, really cool. So went, they went from four of a kind to crossover, I think, if I remember correctly. Could be wrong. Um, yeah, there were a lot of uh, bands that went and got from like punk to metal, and DRI are a great example. That crossover yeah. record yeah. was a, a good transition from dealing with it to like four of a kind when they were like full metal at that point. Uh, and, and there was, um, and there were bands that like Chrome Eggs did that. The first Chrome Eggs record is pretty punk, and then everything after that's kind of hard, kind of metally. Yeah, uh, Biohazard's another band that started yeah. off oh, yeah. punk awesome. and then got and it got a little more metally. Uh, it's never done the way around. Metal bands never go to punk. It's yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah, you know what, you know what's interesting though. I, I want to ask you uh, from the like say the lag wagons of the world, which I'm sure you played with tons like lag wagon, no effects, and that kind of scene a little bit. Which um, <clears throat> you know, I just find that there's like the, there's the early punk that you're talking about, and like that early like New York scene, which is awesome, and then there was like like maybe I'm more referring to like the lag wagon kind of Pennywise kind of uh, no effects people that I knew that that weren't they might have been into like uh, DRI or they might have been into some of that more aggressive like New York metal but I found that there was not a lot of space for them in like say Megadeth or Metallica or any kind of worlds like that in my discovery and some of the punk guys that I know now that are like eh, I'm not really a metal guy I'm more of a punk guy some of them might say it. it's very interesting to me kind of the difference between the two genres which isn't too far away from each other really not really no not at all they're both angry and they're both filled with angst and yeah they're, they both are reflections of society like like mm-hmm. most music is but punk is, is like working class rock with an attitude and, and metal is, is is the same just a little faster a little more aggressive and the shows are a little different right like the metal shows more have backdrops where punk rock you come out and they just basically lay it down more right like yeah, maybe the more theatrics and, and yeah, more, more theatrics like, that's Anthrax, it, yeah. you know just did a tour and they came through los angeles and played the palladium and they had like stairs and platforms like iron yeah. maiden does you know yeah and there was fire and stuff like that and we're like a band like no effects are no frills like their name is apt like there's their their backdrop literally is 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 this big it's 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 this big that's <laughs> awesome it's a this, this is a, a great company i work with called violent gentlemen good hockey team. oh yeah 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 uh it's this big and it's behind the drum set and you can barely see it it's yellow so it pops out in the black background yeah of the, of the drape but it's they did it on purpose like yeah we have a backdrop it's like four foot by two feet it's hilarious, <laughs> and they and they and they are fascinated with clamps. Like it's so punk. Like, did like you guys you see your, that? Like, this category of like the underrated punk bands, you have your royalty, like the Clash and No Effects and the Ramones and Rancid yeah. and Descendants and Pennywise. Like those bands are known. Even people that don't really know anything about punk have heard of the Sex Pistols and they've heard of the Ramones and they've heard yeah. of the Clash. Like, and the more contemporary stuff like. Descendants, Rancid, and No Effects, and Light Wagon. Maybe, maybe not, but um, I do. But then there's like the underrated bands. And uh, if you'll let me, I'll start the list off. Yeah, yeah go, go for it, buddy. I got uh, most no of the graphics here. Order. It's really hard to like rank one to five yeah. or five to mm-hmm. one. So I'll just start off with um, with um, Gorilla Biscuits, New York City hardcore yep. band. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a, an incredible record called Start Today. Uh, one anthem after another. 
And when you saw the band play, like most New York City hardcore bands, the singer sang maybe half of the set, and the rest of it was like, like you saw that picture a minute ago, like the crowd grabbing the microphone because they just knew every word to every song. And a lot of the songs were about unity and coming together and being brothers. And uh, in some bands, we're talking about straight edge, like Youth of Today. But Girl of Misfits are just about having a good time, living a good life. And, and But man, the hooks on that record are just undeniable. It's one of those records where... It's you, you listen all the way through. You don't pick a song. You just all the way through, and it's just nonstop, um, incredible so songwriting on that record. Uh, Start today by the Gorilla Biscuits. Awesome. Can you? Uh, I'm sure you can just find all that stuff now. It's got to be online. Oh, you go to YouTube. You'll find more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's all Spotify. Are they still together? I'll play the dumb guy because I, you know, as I said, I don't live too much in that world. But are they still? Do they still play? Do they do they did reunion, reunion shows? shows like not that long ago? Some shows they're actually doing some shows in the, uh, and they're doing some shows on the East Coast. Yeah. Oh, we're losing you, Darren. Yeah. We're, you, you, we're losing you a little bit, buddy. Gary, go ahead. Yeah, I got you. A little bit of a delay there, but uh, we'll go to Gary for a minute. What do you got yep. there, bud? Um, I don't know. Um, again, it's, it'll, it goes back to everything. Um, but for me, uh, unsung band that was kind of huge, kind of like the Descendants-ish, was Big Drill Car. Again, just one of those things. First time I heard CD type thing, I was just blown away by it. Great oh, song. I love that writing. cover. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just always, I just thought they were just such a different band at the time to take that SoCal sound and Frank just had this awesome kind of melody and I'm always big into hooks so I, I always like just the fact that he just did it and at the time when that came out it was just like the perfect storm for what was going on in my life so I just you know I was hooked at that point so much so that um, when I heard the album uh, I basically was playing in a metal band and I quit because I was playing bass and uh, what Bob was doing on the bass at the time, I was just like, yeah, I got to do this. This is like, this has so much energy and, and uh, positivity in it that I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm good. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that, that was a big turning point for me. But that band played, uh, was part of that scene down there, too. Didn't they play a lot in, in uh, Southern Ontario? I remember seeing that band around a little bit. Sonic Onion, cause Sonic Onion had a lot going on then, too, oh, with some early, yeah. early punk bands. And I thought a lot of their bands were on that yeah. big drill car stuff. Yeah maybe yeah uh, yeah people uh bands were into them but people weren't i i saw them <laughs> i saw them play the uh opera house uh i think there was maybe 30 people there so you can oh, imagine wow. how big the opera house floor is yeah you know, 30 people you're just like yeah we've done that gig we've yeah. done that exact gig at the opera house with 30 people think, yes we yeah, have yeah yeah you can't cut yeah. uh, you can't cut your teeth and get a get a get a uh, a bur uh, what do you call it? Not a bur copper record without doing your 30, 30 <laughs> at the opera house. Gotta do, yeah. Because you do 30 at the opera house, it means you get 50 at the media club and then you got a sold out show. So yeah. that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Uh, Chris, do you remember anything from yeah. Jersey side? Did you see any punk bands in Jersey when you were there? No, I couldn't go out and do stuff like that, buddy. I was like, <laughs> I was the only, I was the only little white Canadian dude in that whole vicinity, man. I was told to stay home for my own good. No, I was, no, New Jersey was not a place for me to do anything but draw comic books and become a good comic book artist. But I'll, I'll tell you what, Green Day first came out when I was there and a yep. buddy of mine turned me on to them and I was kind of like, wow, check this out. I, I can sing like this guy. And it was, you know, it was kind of like, it was kind of eye opening to me because um, I really like the hooks of, of punk. Um, and I love it. I've, just a in your face, dirty, as I say to Gary, I love 
a guitar that's punching you in the face, just a, a sweet, dirty mm -hmm. Marshall, you know, boom, razor yeah. in your face. And then give me some hooks over top of it. I love yep. that kind of stuff. Aggressive, you know, like you've had like <clears throat> 10 cups of coffee and you're just cracking that guitar. I love that stuff. Yeah, totally, totally. It's got to have a hook for me. I, yeah, know. so Jersey then, is when I just kind of started uh, listening to Green Day, and that was the that was the Kerplunk CD. Okay, yeah. Take, yeah. yeah. That's when I... Yeah. Yep. That's what you saw him too. Uh, I remember hearing about Kerplunk rock and roll before the internet. The only what was going on in the particular scene, like in New York City, there was a metal scene. There was a punk. I, Buffalo being a, a you know, as, as much as we could to to back or, or any other venues in 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 the city gardens in Jersey, which is a. a, a Metal and punk rock bands, um, thick fanzine that came out of California. You could like send five bucks and of mixtapes. Some guy uh, um, hmm. and Green Day. They, they kept Green Day, and, and I heard, heard I heard from that, and then somehow a, a, a copy of Kerplunk, and I was I was and I. Still a fan. I still think they're the nicest guys. And talk about it. Oh my god! Billy became a great songwriter. Then he became a great songwriter. They. Uh, I saw them last summer, um, and it's funny because <clears throat> would they next to No Effects having you know the festival and some of the stuff they do. Darren, you might have to go out and come back in, buddy. Sorry, you were really cutting out. I might have to. I might have to. You might have to rehit that link again, my man. Um, but the. Uh, you know, Green Day uh, were, um, I, I guess they're the ones that made it. Yeah, outside mm -hmm. of the Ramones and stuff like that. Green Day are the ones that kind of came out of that and made it. Because, yeah. you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, all the rest of it, call it what you will. But they, they, they're still going. I saw them last summer and it was it was really, really great. And but the thing was, man, it was all hits. I think it's a different thing now. Like yeah. it was just, it was just nothing but hits. So it'd be cool, Chris, like to see them kerplunk front, front to back or something like that. But it was just hit after hit after hit after hit. And you're like, oh my God. How to write a hit, man. They are good mm -hmm. at writing. That's the thing. It's like, I was mentioned, I don't have mentioned this story before, but I, uh, I'm a big Rivers Cuomo fan. And when he did, uh, or he did uh, Pinkerton and everybody in the world hated him. He went, he took a break after and he went out to find himself and he went to a rave party on New Year's Eve. He's sitting out front and he's writing, he's writing all these notes about how to become a better songwriter. He's observing people. He's sitting on the, on, on the out front of this rave party at three in the morning. Some drunk guy comes up and screams in his face, say it ain't so. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> it just takes off into the night. Right. And then river says at that moment, I knew, okay, I can write any song I want for myself, but my position in life is B flat. <laughs> and I will keep writing songs in the key of B flat over and over and over and over again. Because yeah. people like that. They may be yeah. that idiot that runs away like that, or they may be somebody who praises rock and roll in a magazine. Mm -hmm. my, that's, his, his position that guy, Chris, has, and you, you, you put me on, on him. Obviously, we all became Weezer fans, but you put me into the, 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 the songwriting aspect of him. Um, and then I started studying up on him a little bit more. And the fact that he studies on, like, you know, okay, we're putting a new record out. Let's study the Spotify top 20 from the last five years. And yeah. then we're just going to write songs like that. Some people would be like, that's lame and blah, blah, blah. But I'm telling you something. They opened for Green Day. 
and it was 20 songs of hits. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, wild. It's, that it's, guy's carved out the most perfect career. If you're not going to be Green Day, be River, like, be Weezer. Yeah, because they're like the Joan Jett of this uh, this era, and I, I like I'm not from a punk standpoint. They've carved out a career for the rest of their life. Joan yep. Jett will always be the one hour perfect opener for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weezer never need to be more than that ever. Again. Rivers could sneeze a hit song, I think, man. Yeah, they never know. need he, to be that ever he, he again. He lives it. Yep. No, no, he's, I, he's, I concur. He's and just, it's, and it's, yeah, I was gonna say it is genius in my opinion of of basically going through. It's like the guy that plays the lottery, right? He goes back and he runs the numbers to see which numbers were pulled the most for the entire month or entire year. And that's what he buys his tickets on. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, that guy's going to be, that guy's going to win way before I ever win playing my same numbers. I've been playing since I was what? 15. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm still not a multimillionaire, but that guy was playing the the game the way you should play it. Like, like any kind of gambling or whatnot. Uh, same thing with Rivers Cuomo. You know, he's created this whole, like, you know, he's he's studied it, right? And, you know, not only just studied the, what was the top 10 on, on Spotify, but he's also read the books on how to write the perfect hits. Mm-hmm. And he studies it and studies it. And that's a guy that basically is, I don't know, nine, you know, leap, leap years above everybody else. Because for other guys, they, they can fall into it. You know, they talk about the... You know, the uh, you know, where'd this song come from? I don't know. I was sitting here with my guitar and I tuned it down to D and I strummed three chords and all of a sudden it hit me like a brick. Mm-hmm. You know, there's my hit. You know, I'm done for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, where he's continually just working and it's, it's, trying to it's, find it. It's unbelievable. And then like this last thing with, with opening for Green Day, it was all, they're all metal. He had the mullet, had the whole thing. They <laughs> just, they, they were all in on it. Yeah. And it was great. And it was yeah. just like hit after hit and i'm just like oh my god it's green day especially because that was interesting because i had never really seen them chris you used to go see them all the time i had never really seen green day ever i just always missed them and then they took a long time off and blah 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 Mm -hmm. it was good it was really really good i was just sort of the energy of that whole uh pop punk thing really grabbed me really Mm -hmm. like just the whole energy of it man i love that heavier guitars it was just layers and layers of guitars and hooks yeah it was like yeah it was almost as if they were i always like likened it to along the lines like i say the monkeys or uh even uh, the beach boys with the layers of the harmonies like that was you know with the descendants when they kind of did what they did and and when all branched out and all that such they just kept they just the way they wrote it was like so beach boys-esque to me that i was hooked right and it was just you know and that was the whole pop punk thing for me was just the whole the layers hey, of the yeah. how it all worked we're still on green day and weezer now we're moving That's all right that to, went on for a while yeah <laughs> we're back to your number four <laughs> can Next. i tell a really quick green day story that's hilarious absolutely definitely it's really really quick i was in a band from buffalo called zero tolerance mm-hmm. hardcore band uh started off kind of hardcore but then kind of moved to like hardcore metal and like we're really influenced by the chromags so we, we did a lot of touring with Youth of Today, with Sick of It All, with Shelter. We went to New York all the time. We went up and down the coast constantly. So we were in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida on tour in 1990 or 89, uh, probably 90. But anyway, we're on tour and I, and I saw Green Day were on the bill. And I was so excited because I was like, oh, I know who these guys are. They're on Lookout Records. I heard Kaplunk. I love it. I can't wait to play with them. They show up in this beaten up white van. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, Green Day here, cool. Trey Cool comes out, he's in full drag. He's got a wig on, he's got makeup, and he's wearing a dress. And I'm like, oh, I'm Darren. He's like, oh, I'm Trey Cool, nice to meet you. I'm like, oh, cool. And he was just as hyper as he is now. 
and they play and they're just amazing. They opened up for us and they were amazing. I was like, holy shit, this band is fucking killer. I love them. We go on, we play, and I go to settle the show because, you know, it's always a drummer that knows how to do all the math. <laughs> and uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, we gave your money to Green Day. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, is, are, are you guys on tour with Green Day and they're settling all the shows? I'm like, no. <laughs> the guy felt so bad. He gave us his promoter profit, which was like 300 bucks. Oh. So he made no money. Green Day took off before the Internet. So we can't do that. <laughs> no. Otherwise, we, we were hardcore guys. We probably would have probably would have murdered him. <laughs> so. Uh, years fast forward many 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 years. Uh, Dookie is out and they're playing the um, the grand. What's it, what's that venue called, Brett? Uh, the one downtown LA it used to be a boxing arena. It's called the Grand Ballroom or oh, this old boxing yeah. room that was Oh yeah, the Grand Ballroom. Yeah, it used to be it's converted to a venue. I think it's a it's a church now anyway. But uh, they were like a big K Rock release party for Dookie, and I knew their drum tech, so I got in and I got backstage. Uh, and this was when this was the very early early part of '94. Goldfinger was like just, you know, getting getting started and getting recognized and on their way up. So I go backstage. I get backstage after their show, blown away because Dookie's amazing. And I, hey, guy, I finally cornered the three guys and having <laughs> pizza. Like all these pizzas were there, and, and I'm like, hey, guys, do you remember a band like maybe 1990, four years ago, five years ago called? called Zero Tolerance on West Palm Beach, Florida, when you took their $600 and walked walked off. And they're holding pizza and beer. They're like, yeah, why? I go, I was the tour manager and drummer. And they're like, and they looked at each other and they go, do you want some pizza and beer? And I go, I'd love some. <laughs> fast forward, fast forward another like 10, 15 years. Now they're playing the Budweiser venue outdoors, the Shed in Toronto and venues like that. And every time I see them, they're like, you're going to bust our balls? <laughs> and I go, yeah, six, give me, you can write a check for $600. Where's <laughs> yeah, my exactly. pizza and beer? Yeah, we still got to so Of course, they, go, they give band. me passes. I go, I drink their alcohol, I drink, eat their food, but I kind of want my money. <laughs> <laughs> it's 6000 now. Yeah, yeah. interest. Yeah. American that, money. That okay, guy's so still waiting, band, waiting for the van rental payment. Yeah. <laughs> my second band on the most underrated punk rock list would have to be The Damned. No, oh, that's a great there band. I don't think a lot of people give that band a lot of credit. Um, that record, um, Machine Gun Etiquette, and and the songs like New Rose and and Neat Neat Neat, and yeah. just like really, Smash It Up was an, was another big hit they had. Smash it up, smash it up, ooh! Like people don't really know. People hear those songs, and and I've been out with people, and Neat 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 comes on or Smash It Up, and they're like, oh, I've always wanted to know who this is. I'm like, mm -hmm. dude, it's fucking damned. <laughs> And they're like, well, why should I know that? I'm like, because you should know that. <laughs> so I think they're underrated, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. Would they have a chance, though? And, and this is a question for uh, for for you guys as far as, you know, Green Day ended up a little bit poppy with the big hits and Weezer and, and some of those bands. But Bad Religion got on the radio. But we didn't hear No Effects on the radio very much. We didn't hear, especially, you know, you were in Toronto at Edge 102. I mean, that's a little after, that's obviously after that time. But but um, did they stand a chance of even breaking? Because you're saying they're underrated. Uh, but Green Day got on the radio somehow. And the Ramones got on the radio. And some of these other bands were able to break through on radio. Um, what do you think held it back? You asking me? Yeah. 
because you, uh, you spun a lot I of radio. I think there are no effects songs and there are lag wagon songs that, uh, and, and punk bands like that that could be played on the radio. No effects never just, they never wanted to be on the radio. They wanted to keep it a, a, a DIY. They, they wanted to go underground and they wanted, they wanted to keep it as like punk as possible. And for the longest time, no effects never did any interviews. Now they do. Uh, you didn't hear them on the radio. Now you do a little bit because stations have picked up on it and DJs have picked up on it and said, "Hey, let's play that no, let's play no effects song." And when I was at the Edge, I got into trouble with Alan Cross all the time for for, for playing no effects and for playing you know rancid songs that weren't like Ruby Soho or or you know the big hits. It's like Johnny um, Fever. Play the playlist. Like see Andy Travis over your shoulder, yeah. right? It was always, you know who it always was? I did a lot of overnights on the edge. And Joel Carrier from Dynalone Records used to call me drunk at like 2 o'clock. Dude, play Quicksand. <laughs> or, you know, he named his record label after a Quicksand song. And people don't know that. But uh, so he, he, he always wanted to, dude, play, play uh, uh, like a deep Pennywise cut. And of course I'd put it on. And somehow Alan Cross found out about it. And he was the nicest boss. He's like, hey, Darren, I heard you played Pennywise last night. I'm like, yeah. He's like, hmm. You probably shouldn't pay, play Pennywise. I go, there's no swearing in it. They're like, I know, but they're not really an edge band. And, or, hey, Darren, did you play No Effects last night? Did you play a song called Linoleum? <laughs> I did. He's like, he's like, ooh, buddy, you shouldn't do that. I never got in trouble, and I did it time and time again. We're going to need you to come in on Sunday. Darren, did you get those, uh, yeah, did you get those TPS reports filled out about your no effects playlist? Or, uh, yeah. Darren, I'm yeah. not sure you got the uh, memo. I'll get you another copy. No, I got it right here. You and I are going to have a little, on all the TPS uh, little chat, Darren. We're going to have a little chat. Uh, I got about a 40-minute meeting with Dean Blundell in about 20 minutes. And after that, I'll get to you. <laughs> he never got day, to you. Darren. He never got to you. <laughs> Gary, what do you got, buddy? <laughs> um, kind of going back to my youth, but uh, a band uh, called Broken Bones. Again, it was just when everything was happening. I was kind of just getting out of the metal phase in life. Uh so I was like, I, you know, it's kind of like that that thing. Anyways, it was I used to go to Star Records, and oh, yeah. uh, Mike was always kind of weird, right? Like he always looked down upon you for buying if you weren't buying garage rock. Basically, uh, it was always like, mm, you know, and you'd be, but you couldn't listen to stuff in the store. So I'd always flip through it and just try and find these like amazing covers. And if I saw something that really stood out, like you know the whatever it was, like the Misfits' "Die My Darling" with the puss head on the back and all that such. Uh, anyway, so I found this album called Broken Bones, and uh, I remember just going home and there you go, uh, and just putting it on. And I just remember playing it the first time, and then like I was like, "Holy crap!" I was just blown away by it. I it never left my turntable for probably like a month straight. I think my parents were pretty pissed at me for that one, uh, just because as soon as I could, I just turned it up right. But yeah, I just thought they were an awesome band. And again, for me, it was like as I was delving into the, uh, the from metal into punk, uh, starting that crossover, I was just like, I was grabbing everything I could get my hands on because I, I was saying earlier, like there was that point in metal where it was tiring. Like there was nothing exciting coming out. Everybody sounded the same all of a sudden. Uh, I remember when Overthrow brought out that, I can't remember what album it was, it, not Overthrow, Overkill. 
and the guitar player like looked like Hetfield. He had the white high cut sneakers on with the black jeans and the, the the long sleeve, and he had the white Explorer, and the he did, he moved just like him. And I just remember thinking to myself, "This is starting to crash," you know. Now that it's publicly, you're you're copying this guy openly. Um, so that's when I just started buying like as much punk as I could. Uh, but yeah, that, I still have that album out of when my parents sold my record collection. For some reason, I have. I think I, I kept maybe twenty five just things that were really important to me. And the Broken Bones album, I still have. It's pretty awesome. Nice. Cool. Check them out. Yeah. What style of punk? Like, like true punk, like early, like oi, like <laughs> gutter, gutter punk. Yeah, 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 totally gutter punk. Yeah, yeah. But they just they had some talent. I just really liked them. So uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. You know, how sometimes uh, it was like cr- uh, crumb suckers. Loved the crumb suckers. Nobody I knew except for my three friends loved the, I crumb, like the crumb suckers. Yeah, beast on my back. I mean that yeah. first record with uh, Bullshit Society, which yeah. was punk. And yeah. then the beast on my back, they went full metal. Yeah, like prog metal, even like the timing in that thing. I when I the guitar I remember, playing. Yeah, and the Insane, piano right? playing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It still couldn't understand what he was singing, but <laughs> it was just so heavy. I love and, the Crumbsnuckers. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. But it didn't the, the what was it? The bass the bass player isn't he? Didn't he take over for Chromags? Um, there's well, there's two Chromags now. Okay, yeah, okay. Because one of the guys from Crumb Suckers was, was, I think, went into the Chromags, and I think he took over something. I can't. Well, there's like Chromags for real, which is Harley Flanagan who plays bass. Right, right. He won. He just recently won a court case, and he owns that name. But the singer John Joseph uh, can go under his Chromags J J or something, or Chromags John Joseph. Like he can tour, but he has to put John Joseph after Chromags. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I just anyway. So yeah. So I was a big, really big into that. And yeah, me, me and the guys of Goldfinger are suing each other too. I'm going to tour his gold and they're going to tour his finger. <laughs> it's going to work itself this out. This is just like, this is just DP's like, uh, gold uh, finger. what's going to be the, what's going to be the punk version of Rocklahoma there? Because Rocklahoma has got, got the Cinderella X and uh faster pussycat. Y. <laughs> like they got yeah. What's the yeah. punk version going to be? You know, oh, I don't know. I mean, well, there's two black flags. There's yeah. there's black flag and then there's flag. Yep. Yeah. So it's just yeah. sad when bands do that. I don't know how they anticipate making money either. Really. In the big picture. There's like, you know, it, back to the metal thing. It's like there's Stephen Percy's rat and then there's rat. Well, who the fuck's going to just go watch Bobby Blotzer play? I think like Great just, White do that as well. I think Great yeah, White have do Great White. Yeah. Well, Queensrÿche did it, right? Queen like Jeff Tate and and is separated. But there's from a the bit band. of there's a bit on the because the Queensrÿche at least you got the full band with the new singer. But yeah, some of these yeah. bands are, are almost foreigner now. Yeah, <laughs> some yeah. of them are just like <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like actually, Darren, like the three of us are going to go out as Goldfinger. Uh, <laughs> I'll try to be. I'll try to get a quarter of the way there on drums. These two will do it and then we'll add a bass player. But what we're going to do is we're just going to ask if you own a portion, we're just going to ask you if, if we can get in on your portion. And then just we'll add cut. 182 at the end. You'll be fine. <laughs> 182. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, where are we going now? Fellas back to you, Darren. Uh, back to me. Uh, pick number three. Uh, let me take a, let me plug my phone in cause I'm dying. Here. Hold on a second. And put a hockey puck in front. Yeah, there so, we go. That's how you do it. You're a Canadian guy. Uh, we talked about this band earlier, and to me, they never they never really got enough credit, and they still don't. 
And that would be the Dirty Rotten Imbeciles, DRI. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Again, a band I found by scouring the uh, the, the um, fanzines, and uh, they're from Texas, and and um, they came. They did a show in Niagara Falls at the Turtle, which like is this uh, a Native American uh, cultural center type of place, similar similar to the the one in Vancouver. Uh, but I think that one is called the Croatian Culture Center. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did one of your shows there, actually. <laughs> I remember that show. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Did, did your show there. So they came, they did a show, and my mom, again, for some reason, I don't know why, but she let me go. She dropped me off and then went shopping in, like, Clifton Hill or something and came back and picked me up. Uh, it was Cro-Mags. No, sorry, not Cro-Mags. It was Corrosion of Conformity and DRI. Okay. Uh, and I think Cox Bear might have been, been the opener, but uh, there was some some... Anyway, I was just in heaven. Uh, and then I got my hands on uh, violent pacification and dealing with it, which were pretty punk. Mm-hmm. Like fuck, especially dealing with it. that record is like another. It's like another Gorilla Biscuits record, like all the way through. It just goes by like that. Every song is a minute long. Incredible drumming. That that the picture in that that you just showed the Felix, the top right guy. He's not in the band anymore, but he was a phenomenal drummer. He was just a kid player. too, huh? I'm sorry. He was just a young kid too. He was so young, like when they oh. started, they used to tease him all the time, and his mom would say, "What are those kids doing in there?" With like, <laughs> yeah, look at him—he's like 15 years old or something, 14. But um, yeah, dear, when when they came, they were promoting that record, and I was just like in heaven. And then and then from there, we talked about they kind of incorporated more uh, metal riffs and more double bass drumming and into the into the band, and they kind of slowly moved towards thrash, like punk thrash metal which was really hard to describe. That record crossover was, and it, it was a crossover from punk mm-hmm. to metal. There was yep. some punk and there was some metal and it, and it kind of fused. And then I think it was, was it Thrash Zone or Four of a Kind after that? I, I, I think it was Thrash Yard, wasn't it? Or Thrash Zone? I think it was Four of a Kind, but was, I can't remember. Thrash Zone, but yeah, to... At that point, they were, they were, they were pretty, pretty fucking metal. But yeah, they're <laughs> underrated. Nobody gives DRI a lot of, uh, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of our, credit, our, but they should because they came up with one of the coolest logos in punk. Absolutely, yep. yeah, that's still that's a great logo. The Mosh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was totally like as you're saying to the crossover thing because it also like where we were in Oshawa at the time. DRI was almost like more of a dirty skate punk band in the beginning, like you know how it's like you, yeah. everything gets compartmentalized. Um, so all the all the skate punks love DRI, but then when crossover came out, it went from skate punks to metalheads to true punk like all the mohawk kids everybody was just in on that album and all of a sudden you had this huge uh, melt melting pot of basically this one you know all of a sudden we we went from being compartmentalized to just all you know all of a sudden you could go to a party and everybody would be there and you didn't feel like you were an outsider anymore you just felt like you're part of it so that was kind of a rad thing that was a great album mm. it was. the uh the there um our, our fallen brother Zig was a massive DRI, always rocking the, the DRI stuff, which is great. So he, he brought a lot of that into it. Eh? Chris, the DRI, who else? Yeah, yeah uh, we, we all, all love all DRI. Metal, yeah. All those metal bands. So, yeah, 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 good stuff. People are wondering, start start with dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when oh. they were a true punk rock band. And then um, you'll, you'll eventually move into crossover. And if you dig the metal stuff, keep going and you'll be pleased because as they moved into metal they they didn't uh, lose any of their songwriting chops like they, they were really good metal songs yeah i think in oshawa everybody was supposed to get that tattoo 
Like <laughs> you had to get that tattoo, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like you, you walk you walk around the, the Oshawa Center at any point in the summertime, you'll see the amount of guys that still have that tattoo on their arm. You're just like, yeah, okay. I never recognize anybody because that's the craziest thing when you get older. You go someplace <laughs> like where you're familiar or, you, you know, you grew up and you're just looking at all the faces going like, do I know that person? I don't know. I don't know anymore. It's like, check oh, the tattoo. Yeah, the tattoo. <laughs> check <Like> the tattoo. <laughs> I'm sure Phil's got one, doesn't he? Phil's probably got yeah, one. Yeah, I think I think Phil does. Phil's probably yeah. got one. Yeah. What's Phil's band? What's Phil's metal metal band? That he's in. You know, I don't even. Oh. Was he in? Was he in municipal waste for a while? He was in Toxic Holocaust. Anyway. Toxic Holocaust. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then Anyways, he was doing something else. I can't remember what the new band is or last one. But the big one, Darren. I don't know. You would have might have played Scratching Post when you were in Scratching Post for a while. There was that uh, on the Edge 102 a long time ago. But anyways, uh, off to you, Gary. Back to Oshawa. Uh, my turn? Uh, my Gary. turn? Didn't we go? Gary, you went? I just no, did DRI. You did yeah. DRI. We're oh, going right. Gary, yeah. Yeah. Hanson Brothers. So the Hanson Brothers, okay. So the Han- <laughs> yeah, this, this one you're going to have to really explain. You're going to have to help Darren with this a little bit here. Well, okay. So, well, you you know who they are, obviously. Of course. You're right. So for, for me, I just felt the... Because of the whole, obviously, no means no was underrated as it was. So I just had a great, like, it was such a great record. What and uh, we got to play with them a few times in Oshawa. They were huge, but not like not huge, huge, but like playing a couple halls, hall shows and stuff that were packed. But they just didn't. I just thought they could keep going and get bigger because they just tapped into something at the right time, but just kind of didn't because of the quirkiness of the goalie mask and all that stuff. Now. It's like raving all over again. Um, oh, wait a second. I'm sorry. Yeah, not Hanson, but the Hanson <laughs> brothers. Okay, now now I completely understand. I thought yeah. you meant Hanson, like umbop, umbop, umbop. <laughs> no, I, I sent you, you I sent you a text. Remember I sent you a text saying slap shot. You're like, right. Yeah, like, okay, that's the awesome. Hanson brothers. I, I thought yeah, you meant the, the Hanson are, are their brothers, so I thought that's yep. what he meant. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Hilarious. That's awesome. And I thought maybe you knew something about their past that I didn't know. <laughs> like, yeah, of course we know Mbop, and that's a huge pop sensation, a huge hit. But before that, they were gutter punks. Before they were famous. They got famous when the drummer was four, so they yeah. would have had to win real punk rock when he was two. Yeah. There used to be five of them, but two of them went to prison for fighting and killing people. Killing people, yeah. <laughs> Putting razor blades in apples. Yeah. <laughs> in their merch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the Hanson Brothers. Okay. The I know Hanson Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I've just seen a picture. It, it all came flooding back. Yeah. Those guys. yeah. Heroes. Those guys are heroes. Yeah, that's such a great picture of them, though, eh? But yeah, Amazing. again, just super nice guys, but the, the, they were so good live. Like, recordings, it's, it's always the same. But you know, just whenever I saw them live, they just brought so much to it and the whole. Yeah, the whole shtick was always awesome. It was just, but not enough people got into them, in my opinion. Like they, they could have actually done something pretty big. Like you know, no means no is one thing, but the fact that they were able to just say, yeah, let's put that on the on the shelf and see if we can make some money and go have some fun. And they, yeah, I thought they did great, but again, not enough people into it. So, so the yeah. background on them though, it's that was that they were no means they are no means no, and then they did this. Yeah, the, the two side. brothers. Yeah, the two brothers are no means no, and then. They just decided to create this band doing Ramones tunes all about hockey. 
Hence the golden masks. Uh, if you haven't heard it, you should. It's, it's you guys would probably dig it. It's, it's well, I remember great. hearing about it. I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, I mean, yeah. they would have played probably the Moon Room or the Eclipse at some point. I'm guessing. Uh, no, no, they came in no? and they played a hall. Oh, like they we uh, yeah. I can't remember what it was. I don't know if Jay brought them in or somebody Ooh. else. But anyways, rented a hall, had them come in, um, and we get, we had the opening spot. Uh, just had a great time. There was like so nice. I was like awestruck because Rob is such a great bass player. I was just like pulled. Like I remember sitting there trying to learn all his parts for No Means No and stuff. Uh, so I was like really super stoked to meet him um, and just watch them play. But then when they played, it was just straight remote. Like the whole like one two three four. And then the fact that he had the goalie mask, it just reminded me of a, a, a Rob <laughs> Wacko Hunter from Raven with the the goalie the yeah, helmet. Yeah, 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 I remember that band. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Such a shtick, right? But yeah, but that's an album that I put on recently, uh, all for one, the Raven. And I remember being when I was younger because I got into Raven at the same time as I got into Metallica, like and all that was growing up in BC, and just thinking they they were so rad, like so cool. And I remember putting it on, and I was like, yeah, I don't know what, where my brain was at this one. I was it's not as good as I remember. It's kind of sad for me, but <laughs> I think I should have just left it up there, right? It's like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at least you got it listening again. Yeah, so yeah, true, true. yeah, 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 yeah. This true, is true. what this show does. We get you back into the old stuff. <laughs> Darren, what do you got, buddy? Where are we going? Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to Los Angeles, nice California, where I live. And um, some people think that this m- might have been the birth of punk rock, but I-, I think punk rock was born in England. But that's my opinion. Um, and the Dickies, a band called the Dickies. Oh, okay, yeah. Now, I play in a band called Punk Rock Karaoke with the man second from left wearing the yellow shirt. His name is Stan Lee. And he joined, started a band with Leonard, the singer, who was all the way to the left there. And they're still doing it today. As a matter of fact, they're on tour right now on the East Coast with Black Flag and TSOL. Wow. And Total Chaos. And they're not young kids anymore, okay? I'm not going to out them with their age, but they're not kids. And they started the band in 1977 when i was eight years old like holy fuck like they started a band and let's be punk and because you know the ramones and pistols are doing it and and you know we should be punk too and they started this band in 1977 and released a record called the incredible shrinking dickies uh in 1979 (laughs) when i was Mm -hmm. 10 yeah and um fucking to, to this day, it's a it's an it's 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 a quintessential required reading for punk rock. Yeah. If you don't know who the Dickies are, do yourself a favor and get the Incredible Shrieking Dickies or Dawn of the Dickies, which was the record that came out after that. And um, it's just one pop punk hit after another. They invented yep. pop punk way yes. before pop punk because it wasn't punk like the Exploited or GBH. It wasn't gutter. It mm-hmm. wasn't dirt. It wasn't dirty. The production was very clean. The playing was amazing. Like Stan's a, a great guitar player, and Leonard's a, a very distinct singer with really good sense of melody and hooks. Um, and um, since joining Punk Rock Karaoke, who Stan Lee plays in that band with me, I've been lucky enough to fill in for Adam Gomez, their drummer, on several occasions. Um, and I'll tell you, as far as drumming, that that is a workout. Because um, their songs, drumming-wise, are very, very not complicated, just busy. Like you're right. not, you're never just sitting into into a, a groove. It's you're filling constantly. 
Mm-hmm. It, but I love it. I love it. And um, I think they're incredibly underrated. The Dickies. Did you pull yeah. your drum? Did you pull some drum style from them? Like not to get too far off topic, but you're, you know, you're pretty busy yourself behind there. Um, no, my, my drum style would be a mix of Bonham meets Alex Van Halen meets Stuart Copeland sped way up. Nice. <laughs> Those are my three guys growing up. That taught nice. me how to play the drums. They're all awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's pretty deadly, uh, but yeah. you're busy. You're busy back there. As far as punk, I mean, I listened to the Ramones and played along to that. Listen to the yeah. Pistols and, you know, Paul Cook is, is an underrated punk rock drummer. No one gives the guy any credit, mm-hmm. but he's amazing. Yep. Yep. Like drumming on that record is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I always think of uh, like a Southern California is not the birthplace of punk, but more the birthplace of like skate punk or that SoCal sound, right? Like the the power pop tone, right? Uh, yeah. Descendants you know, and yeah, melodies. Yeah, all that. But like black the, flag, suicidal yeah. tendencies. Yeah, yeah. Even then, suicidal. Like, yeah. It's like I remember that that first album just being blown away, but like when it when he kicks in and the it's got the groove and then when it kicks in with the whole the um the, the speed crack. yeah and he's just yeah. going so fast right and i was talking to a buddy of mine who grew up out like lives out there as well and he was telling me about going to see suicidal when he was younger and he's still shocked that his parents let him go just because they wouldn't let him go see iron maiden uh but he would go mm. see like suicidal and he said it was insane because you'd go to the show and they would pull up with these buses and it would be all of their like friends and they would just take over every place they played. He said, but he, he just said they were incredible to see cause they were just so intense and just so much energy that it was just like, and he said, and the crowd was like, their friends were all so into it. Like kind of like when you look at the back of the album with all the, everybody with their own custom designed shirts uh, that they wore. And you know, it was like, you know, pre pre merch, right. DIY merch. It was like, it's pretty amazing, but yeah, that, that's such an amazing album and that whole movement that they created. Mm-hmm. When you talk about uh, having friends show up to see a suicidal tendency shows, I think you meant the gang. Yeah, they had a gang. <laughs> yeah, Jay Adams. A gang. They had a gang. It was called yeah. the Suicidals. Right. Um, Mike and his brother and some of the other guys in the band were, were in the were in the gang, but they were more in the band than the gang. But they uh, they had stayed a skateboarding gang and a, a gang gang that like did fucked up shit and they would go to shows and fat Mike would tell me stories and, and, you know, Greg Hudson and Stanley would tell me stories that you'd go to the show and you'd pray that the <laughs> suicidals didn't show up. I mean, suicidal right. weren't playing. It'd be like circle jerks and descendants or bad religion and Pennywise. And you're like, Oh God, please let the, the, the suicidals not show up. And if they didn't, it was a good show. No one got hurt. But if they did show up, someone was going to get their, Thumb, either skull thumped and yeah. uh, someone was going to look at someone the wrong way or buy a drink <laughs> for someone's girlfriend and they were going to get you know stabbed there were there was yeah. constant violence at these shows in los angeles and uh, i missed it which sucks because it would be awesome yeah. <laughs> nowadays you should go to a punk rock show and it's, it's safe okay there's like metal yeah. detectors and everyone's got their little stupid fucking hair uh but back in the day <laughs> oh it was it, like it was, everybody it yeah. was fucking scary. Even in yeah. Buffalo, New York, it was scary. Maybe yeah. not so much Toronto. Um, with you know, I would drive up there and go to shows at the concert hall or, mm-hmm. or, uh, or you know, Horseshoe or whatever the Elma Combo. But but Buffalo, yeah. If the uh, skinhead showed up, there was going to be some violence, but not like suicidal tendencies. If those guys showed up, you were going to get beaten up with a skateboard. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's kind of what he said. He was always just shocked that his parents were like, oh, yeah, you can go, you know, you, know, you go to that show. I don't think he ever said like, oh, suicidal tendencies, but. Or, but yeah, my like, mom wouldn't <laughs> let me go see Van Halen. She wouldn't let me go see Van Halen, right? Right. Um, Diver Down Tour. Or, or, and then I finally went to see them in 1984. But she wouldn't let me go see Van Halen, but she let me go see uh, DRI, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles, <laughs> and Corrosion of Conformity. Yeah. Alone. Yeah. I didn't yeah. go with the chef. I went alone. She dropped me yeah. off and came back to pick me up. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's so bizarre now. $9 for some popcorn and uh, get yourself a little Diet Pepsi there. Hey, Darren, how was Dirty Rotten Imbeciles? Yeah. (laughs) And Corrosion of Conformity. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And Coxsparer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. No, but I can't see Van Halen. God forbid. No, no. Don't do that. There's there's smoking there. Don't let David Lee Roth influence you. There's smoking there and I can yeah. see he's on the TV with that crotch. <laughs> you can't well, go. Mic stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, by all means, go see Corrosion. <laughs> uh, so you went Dickies. Uh, Gary, where are we going, buddy? That's a great question. Where am I going? Mm-hmm. Probably nowhere. Straight to hell. Yeah, straight. Uh, subhumans. Uh, awesome. I always remember... I always remember listening uh, when I was younger. Again, I was like this, you know, I have an older brother that was into uh, Sabbath and Zeppelin. Um, and I remember growing up despising it just because he always played it. I had to listen to Hendrix and I could never use his turntable. I had this like little ghetto blaster that I had in my room. Um, but then my buddies and I were totally into like, got into Metallica really early on. Uh, one of my friends got a copy of the No Life to Leather demo where they sounded like Motley Crue. I had a friend of mine that had that as well. Yeah, and it's like, and and I just remember going like, "Wow, this is cool." And then Kill 'Em All came out. But anyways, one of the guys came with the Subhumans album one day with uh, "Slave to My Dick" on it, and that just became our battle cry almost. Like, just you know, you're at a party, guy would take, you know, pop it in the, the record player and put it on just as loud as he could, and it was just everybody would sing and "Slave to My Dick," and it was always just a good thing. But nobody got into them. Like they were. You know, again, little pockets of people knew who they were. And it's funny because if you go to, you know, downtown Toronto or whatever, you'll see a couple of the, the crusty punks and you'll see somebody with the subhumans like little patch yeah. on their jacket. Yeah, and I exactly. always just make sense. Yeah. I always like, right you have no idea who they are. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. So it's like, but yeah, that's again, just another kind of crusty punk band, but right in the beginning when, you know, it was neat. Uh, I was going to say, I was just in uh, England, not like a couple months ago and I, we went down to Camden. And I was all excited, you know. I was going to go see Fiddlehead because they were playing uh, down in Camden that night. But our flight got changed, so we had to kind of, I couldn't do what I wanted to do. But we were there, and I saw uh, five punks. And I was kind of really bummed out by that. Uh, Doc Martin stores, uh, they're there. Uh, Vans. Um, mm-hmm. I think there were a lot of uh, fast food restaurants as well. And a lot of tourists that really didn't know where they were. Yeah, uh, the Underground is still there, that venue, the Underground. That's, yeah, that's where Fiddle, yeah, that's where Fiddlehead played. Yeah, it's like there's a pole right in the middle of the, of the stage. <laughs> yeah. It's right smack yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Like, I love this band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope the guy and behind me is so like... hot down there, man. Yeah. Oh, it's, but it's like the quintessential London punk rock venue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was kind of bummed that our flight got changed, but I was like, there. But I'll get back. Mm, nice. <laughs> I like it. 
Gary, I like how you're also just randomly in places. Every now and again, Gary will just yeah. post on his Facebook. I'm in mean, uh, here, here. It's great. And then you always say, <laughs> oh, I went and saw this I'm band. I went and saw this. It's great. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> Portugal, especially. You go to Portugal a lot. I like that. That's yeah. My favorite well, it's my wife, right? I married somebody who loves traveling. So There you go. She she wants to go. We go. Why not? Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wrap up close here, gentlemen. What else you got uh, on the two? Darren, I think you got through your list. Yeah, I got one else? more real quick. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell it real quick. And because I grew up in Buffalo and Toronto and can the Canadian punk rock bands always pulled through Buffalo. Thank God. Like DOA always played Buffalo. This band played Buffalo all the time. Uh, the Day Glow Abortions. Mm, okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I discovered that not on their first record, Out of the Womb, but Feed Us a Fetus, which yeah, was their yeah. second record. Yep. And it had one hit after another. And they have a song called uh, Arg Fuck Kill. Yeah. Yep. Arg Fuck Kill. That's the chorus, but the, yep. the verses are blah, 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 yep. blah, 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 like yeah, 86, man. 87, yeah. 88. So real quick, I'll tell a story. They came through town and I was in Beyond Debt and me and my guitar player saw them and they were like, hey, we're looking for a place to sleep tonight. And we were like, hey, you guys can crash on our couch. So we got a case of beer. We brought them to the house, the whole band. We're like stoked, hanging out with Dayglo abortions. We're drinking beers. There's a knock on the door and our buddy comes in and shuts all the lights off. We're like, he's panicking. We're like, dude, relax. What's wrong? He's like, he's like, I, I, I'm walking down the street and, and I'm headed towards you guys and a cop car goes by with a car and there's a car chase and the guy throws a, a, a backpack out of the window and it lands like 20 feet in front of me. He opens it up and it's this gigantic bag of cocaine. Woohoo! Like a nickel bag worth. like um, a, But a lot of coke. Like, yeah. A lot of coke. <laughs> and we're like, what do I, we, what do, we do? And I'm like, God, the, the Diglo abortions are here. And he's like, Really? That was tonight? They're like, yeah, they're in like our living room drinking beers. So we go in the living room and we're like, hey guys, do you guys like doing coke? And they're like, fuck yeah. Who can afford it? And I go, we can. Yeah. We did we did the whole bag. Whoa. <laughs> the whole bag all night long. The what was it? Four plus uh, seven guys. You're still nice. going, huh? Drugged and driving, <laughs> indeed. So yeah. I see those guys every now and again. It's it's been a long time, but I see them. I go, hey, do you remember the cocaine guy in Buffalo? They're like, oh yeah, that story's legend. I'm like, that was me. <laughs> Chris, didn't they just they're play like, in Kingston a couple? Of I'm like, no, they're like, yeah, come on in. <laughs> they, probably, they probably expect that from me every time now. Yeah, yeah, but that was a good. Chris, story. didn't didn't they just play Kingston and Boneless just have them up there? Uh, yeah, I no, they yeah, played, I think they just came yeah. around here. I believe. Yeah, they just played I'm London. Not sure who's, I'm not sure who's left in the band. I know a lot of. Uh, I don't want. I think the drummer died. And yeah, uh, the Cret, Cretin's still there though. Cretin's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as one guy's in the band, it's fine. <laughs> That's, yeah. Keep it going, right? Daglo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. proud to be a Canadian is yeah. another great song of theirs. Uh, yeah. Proud to be a Canadian. Pass me another welfare check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good one. While I go out and catch they have religious bum fucks. There's, yeah, so, yeah. Many, there's so many. That, that, uh, the Canadian one's great too because. Uh, you could play it for the American punk fans, and and they, they we can all sing along yeah, together. Only Diglo Washington can release a record called Two Dogs Fucking." Right? Yeah. You know, I guess songs are like Chris. "I'm doing yeah. the best that I can." I'm yeah. doing the best. You know, just just over and over. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. There's one, uh, the Skater Bowl one from uh, Here Today, Guano Tomorrow. Uh, um, what's it called? Um, not drugs and hard. Jack. Shred Central. Shred Central. What a great song. Like, what a, just a great song. And then Drugged and Driving, that riff in Drugged and Driving. 
It's pretty metal. Mm-hmm. That was like an mm-hmm. anthem mm-hmm. to my group mm-hmm. when we were younger, man. Like, like like Gary's saying, when when drunken driving came on at a party, dude, it was just it was a quarter to twelve. All the lyrics, man, right down. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yep. Classic. I, I feel your love on Dangles. You know, it's funny about that too. That's when it comes to underrated bands. I mean, that band has been going for a long time and mm-hmm. they're still playing shows. I mean, all these other bands are, are playing in and out in some capacity, but the Daglo thing, when I see them pop up as playing, I'm like, Oh yeah, fuck, they're still playing. Like they'll play yeah. Vancouver. They'll do the run. That, rockers you know, are loyal, man. Like, but they just keep going. And, and, uh, 42 and, years they've been doing it for 42 years. Wow. And it's, uh, I often wonder because their songs are funny and it's whatever, but um, the, 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 the fact that they, you know, because of their name, maybe they wouldn't obviously get the recognition that they deserve, whether they, they don't want it or not. But it's amazing to me that like, they've actually had a substantial amount of influence yeah. on a ton of, on a ton of people. And that that's a band that's like, to me slides in as, the most underrated. If I think if they were yeah, you know, that's for sure. called, yeah. if they were called something different and I, I'm not telling them to, I'm just saying if they were called something different, yeah. maybe the hook goes away, but if they were called something different, they might be way further. Just up. the Daglos. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone calls them the Daglos, right? Yeah. Yeah. But they might be way um, further, like, <laughs> further up. Yeah. But they happened at a perfect time, right? Like that, like fetus of fetus dropped at a great time in music. And, you're, you were talking about earlier, like the different things, like, you know, would this happen with that? Again, part of the music industry is you guys all know, it's also timing. It's who, you know, what, you know, you can have a great guitar player or you can have like a, an Eddie Van Halen type guy nowadays may not get, you know, may have said the wrong thing at some point in his life and that's it. You know, it's like you're done. Uh, so sometimes it's just gotta be that perfect storm. And that fetus, a fetus album dropped it. I remember that album coming out and I think pursuit of happiness is, first album came out mm-hmm. at the same the time and it was like almost a battle on the beaches of people listening to i'm an adult now but then you've got like you know dog farts blasting on the other side you know and, <laughs> you know i always remember that the tpoh party was awesome because that's where all the girls went like all the cute girls were at the, the pursuit of happiness party but all the fun was next door over at the the day party where the you know where you're listening to the punk rock because that's where you know all breaks loose so that was always kind of an interesting, yeah, but yeah, just a perfect storm for those guys. They should have got more. I, yeah, you know, they should have. I for think, sure. I think, I think, that, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely to me. And as the casual on this panel, that's like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I loved them. I actually yeah. quite loved them. And, and, and all of these bands, you know, have entered my realm in some capacity. Um, but, uh, that band for sure. I'm like that. That oh, band yeah. should should have been way. I heard about Random that Killings, band. another one that are still going today. That uh, yep. my buddy plays drums in there. Paul Chris Bolus, great drummer. Random Killing, and they just came here. And of course, me being an old guy, you know, my buddy's like, "Hey, man, coming in Kingston, awesome. I'm coming to see you play. What time are you on? You know, well, probably around twelve thirty. I'm like, okay, all right, well, it's late, but I can do it. They're on at like quarter to two. <laughs> <laughs> Holy oh, fuck! I get upset when bands go on at ten. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. We're going at 10 o'clock. I'm like, oh, I'll catch a couple songs. And I'm yeah. feeling bad for him because I'm like, okay, dude, I'm going to catch a couple tunes. I'm going to leave. And I'm thinking nobody's going to be here. You know, yep. damn, the place was packed. And I yeah. had to leave because it was getting rough. Like I had my wife there with me, right? And, yeah. and I, it was it was awesome. And what a great show Random Killing put on. Um, I can't mm-hmm. remember the singer's name, but man, he was just grab your, your favorite pronoun and do some dancing, whatever. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. his, 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 uh, his, 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 his persona. 
Yeah, and everything he said was just so mint. I don't know, it was just yeah. perfect. He's one of those singers that could just, everything he says you're listening to and you're like, hey man, right on, that's great. Yeah. And then they hit Thanks. the song, you know. Yeah. I, I notice a lot of these punk bands now start with like a, a Zeppelin type solo and then and then rip into the, and then rip into the normal punk stuff. Okay. Which, which yeah. is kind of cool to see the guitar players get to, get to jam yeah. a bit. But uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, so random killers and all, I just want to throw in. all do that a lot. They start their songs with a riff and then it goes into the song and uh, the faction do that, you know. Mm-hmm. They have a song called Skate and Destroy. They start off with a cool little guitar riff. And um, But if I if I can, before we shut it down, uh, three really quick honorable mentions. Yep. Operation Ivy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mean. Yeah. I mean, which is basically Rancid before Rancid, but Scott. Yep. 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 And that record, Energy, is one of the best records in punk rock, ska, history, period, mm-hmm. end of subject. All the way yep. through, not one bad song. Yep, nope. Awesome. Everyone's dying for that band to get back together. Second band would be Minor Threat. Um, mm-hmm. In my mind, I don't think they're as underrated as some of the bands we mentioned, but you don't see a lot of Minor Threat t-shirts or patches, or but you should because those records were phenomenal. And finally, mm-hmm. uh, another punk rock band um, called RKL, Rich Kids on, on LSD. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Two of those guys moved on to uh, to, to form a Lagwag and the drummer... Right. And the guitar player, Chris, mm-hmm. and uh, the bass players um, in Lagwagon as well. So three of the guys. And uh, that band influenced like so many California punk rock bands like Descendants, mm-hmm. No Effects, Warshipped RKL. Pennywise Warshipped RKL. Um, if you haven't heard of RKL, Rich Kids on LSD, go check them out. They're just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Great drumming, great, great bass playing, just way before their time. Totally That's a hell of a list today, guys. We covered off a lot of bands. Yeah, which is awesome. Which yeah. is awesome. I mean, I we got... didn't even we didn't even mention Agent Orange or any of the others who are like... still touring right now. They're still yeah. out there right now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that I think the next one the next one will be like not underrated punk bands of all time. It'll be like band punk bands you need to see now that you didn't oh, okay. know you needed to see, and you can we can or get overrated punk bands like Hanson. Like <laughs> 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 That's fucking awesome. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us yeah. today. Gary, tell no. everybody you're working on a record. Tell us about what's going yeah. on with the record and the band and all that stuff. Just finished mixing today or last night, uh, sending off to Harry Hess for mastering. Uh, the band's called Elephant. Uh, the album's called Crumble and Rise. Um, so it's a mashup of the earlier stuff we did that didn't get put out on vinyl. Uh, and then I wrote a whole whack of new songs for it. I'm pretty stoked. It's uh, Yeah, I'm pretty happy about it, so... You know, and doing what I do. So, and screen printing and all that other fun stuff that I do to keep happy. Uh, yeah, that's that's what's going on. I'm loving it. Excellent. Darren? Dangerous Darren Show. Every mm-hmm. single Tuesday at 4 o'clock Pacific, 7 Eastern on Adobe Radio. Adobe.com. Or, you know, if you don't know how to use Google at this point, you're a fucking idiot. Just go to <laughs> Google and, and type in the Dangerous Darren Show. Everything pops up. It's on all the ISPs. You can find it really easily. Or find me on Twitter and Instagram at DangerousD underscore show. Wicked. Cool. Wicked Perfect. stuff. Gentlemen, awesome to see you both. Thank yes. you so much for the time uh, and uh, making the time and spending a little extra time with us. This is great. Uh, we're going to do this again. We're going to keep going. This underrated series seems to be... Uh, some good chats here, so it's good. It's a hit. It's a hit. Go with it. Go with the hit. Uh, enjoy your night. Enjoy your night, guys. Come back anytime. You're welcome. Anytime. Cheers, guys. guys. Take care, guys. See you guys. Right on. That was a blast. Um, holy, some covering some stuff there, which is great. And I love that. Um, which I thought these two would be, would be perfect for each other because, you know, Gary has got such a extensive punk background and of course, 
what Darren does. So it's, uh, it's yeah. awesome. So no, it's good. I, I like the, yeah. as I mentioned before, I don't know if I mentioned on air, but I, I'm enjoying the switch to the music. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's it's great to, you know, and there's a nice break, too, because I haven't watched anything. As I said, I went and watched Black Adam this weekend, which is pretty cool. Me as a DC guy. So that was kind of nice to be like, oh, I haven't watched anything in a long time. I'm going to go watch that. And that was cool. And saw Clerks 3 finally. So I was, it was kind of cool to bring that back around and go, I'm going to go watch a superhero movie and I'm going to go watch a, a Kevin Smith, you know, uh, you know, view a skew, skew universe uh, kind of production to just bring me back a little bit because it's been cool because it's been all music which has been awesome so it's good and especially this kind of music talk too which I love which is taking guys that you know have done a shit ton of stuff Mm -hmm. and putting them together you know and and listening to them kind of riff off of the bands that they know together too which is very cool yeah yeah. like it's always I always hear bands too that it's like oh yeah I should throw that on well it puts me to school too you know you know, like I, like the cool thing is, is like we used to bounce bands off each other or whatever, and Zig would be like, "Check this out, check this out, check this out," and and uh, you know, bands that I would never even have would have entered my realm, and I learned had learned so much from from him just on that punk and the hardcore scene, um, and just the stuff that we used to bounce. And now that you're out of music for a bit and not feeling it, it's just kind of cool to have these chats again a little bit, you know, and be able to kind of say, "What what were you listening to, or what did you do?" You know, it was very cool. So it's nice to look back on it now and kind of get back into it a little bit. It's good stuff. Yeah, man. So um, you should watch Clerks 3. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll get to that for sure. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I definitely want to pick your brain on that because there's a lot of cool shit. In Is it movie. on like Prime or something? It was on Prime. Yeah. Oh, it's on Prime? It's on Prime. I had to buy it, but I just bought it because I was like, you know, I was oh. going to go see it in a movie theater anyways. It just went out of the movie theater. So now it's I think it's like 12 bucks. OK, well, I'm sure me and my wife will check it out. Yeah, she likes that kind of thing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was, pre- but I am definitely uh, curious as to uh, how your your take on it and how he wraps the whole thing up, which I thought he wrapped up nicely. So, right on. There you I'll go. Check that out right now. I got a sub downstairs that I got to check out. I'm hungry. The sub. Yeah, I'm gonna go eat food. too. I'm gonna go eat yeah, as it's well. It's ten o'clock here. It's a weird time for me, right? Because this is like my dinner time. Which isn't it? it's so weird, but yeah. my dinner time's ten o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> That's all good, buddy. That's good. Uh, another one in the books. The Kids on the Escalator podcast for another week on the Dean Blundell Network. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, we will get caught up here. All the episodes from the last couple of weeks are now going to be dropped onto uh, Spotify and everything. There was a bit of a delay with them, but uh, that's been fixed, so you'll see them all up there now. Be sure to check us out on kidsontheescalator.com when you get a chance. And Machete Comics as well. Chris always working on commissions and rad stuff and design and stuff follow him on all of his socials because he's always put like Darren really said stuff. put machete comics in the, that google there man if you don't know how to work that you're an idiot <laughs> that's right at this point but uh yeah awesome stuff everybody thanks for tuning in another week the underrated series will likely continue next week or beyond uh that is the kids on the escalator for another week good times rad dudes see ya thanks everybody The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. 
Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.